Today's show is sponsored by Noom. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your free trial today at noom.com slash real life. Today's show is also brought to you by Brooklinen. You can get 10% off your first order plus free shipping when you use the promo code real at brooklinen.com. What's up, Real Life Podcast listeners? We have a special episode for you today. We are interviewing our friends, Chad and Julie Cannon. You're going to love it. We talk all things adoption, infertility, marriage, communication. It was profound and encouraging and impactful to us. I know it will be to you guys. Real quick, though, before we get going, have you guys seen the big awesome news? Family Teams Weekend is live. Of the time of me recording this, we announced it this morning and we already have 50 signups, which is 100 people. And I think we're maxing out at 250. So I wouldn't be surprised if all these seats go in a couple days. You guys have blown us away. I thought it would take three months to do that and get down that far. And we're already 20% full in like a half a day. So if you want to read more and see what it is, it's it's a two-day event, Cincinnati, Ohio, October 18th and 19th. Jeremy and April have cultivated and curated this amazing event for the last couple years. People have gone through it. You can read testimonials on the website. Um, And it's our first one through the new big family teams venture and uh, that you guys have seen lately. It's amazing. We're going to talk about tools. It's not a conference. It's not a conference. It's a workshop where you're going to, we're going to roll up our sleeves. We're going to dive deep. You're going to realize you're not alone in this journey of being intentional about your family. You're going to get tools. You're going to leave with a family blueprint, a family manual, Oh, it's going to be amazing. So read more at familyteams.com slash weekend. So again, familyteams.com slash weekend. That's where you can register and claim your spot and read more info today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about exactly that every single week, real life, which means some episodes might be about a fight we just had. Some episodes might be about potty training since we have two toddlers, and some might be about eschatological realism because I love thinking and talking about deep theological things. And maybe we'll talk about all three of those in one episode. But we hope the show feels like hanging out in our living room with us, drinking a cup of coffee as we discuss faith and family and culture and Jesus. Me and my lovely wife, Alyssa, are your hosts, and don't hesitate to hit us up or reach out on social media to say hi or comment on this week's episode. Enjoy. So stoked to have you guys on. I know Alyssa has actually been saying she's wanted to have you guys on since last like year. year. Yeah, yeah, last year. So we appreciate your guys' story and thank you guys for um, coming on and sharing it with others. I'll go ahead and let Alyssa kind of... Well, um, do yeah. Just so start, start people there. know how we know you guys. So originally when Jeff wrote his first book, Chad was on... He was what's the vice the president of marketing. Is that what they, Nelson would have called that? Right. So he was, yeah, 2012. Chad was one of the first people to kind of, um, kind of believe in me and the message that me and Alyssa wanted to talk about. And so we formed a really strong relationship from there. And you were only, I think you were at Nelson for maybe like one or two more years from then, but that really started our friendship. Then me and Alyssa got to know him and Julie, and then the journey uh, of us having kids, you guys with crew. It's just so cool to like see the friendship track so many different life stages um, from a business relationship first and then kind of funneling down into just a really, really solid friendship where we appreciate you guys, encourage by you guys and look up to you guys. And you guys have come and stayed out here with us in Maui. You've house sat for us in Maui. I mean, we've really suffering for the Lord when you do that. Times. Yeah, we've, we've stayed when with we you guys. When we all had strip. Oh yeah, you <laughs> know you're flu. good friends when you like basically are just like dead at someone's house, like throwing up or Twice. have a sore throat or... Twice. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I forgot about that. It's yeah. almost like, yeah, third time's a charm. Hopefully next time we all stay, have a little sleepover hangout. Um, but okay, so that's how we know each other. Yeah, we can add something, Chad? 
Yeah, I have to interject. Um, Jeff will probably hate me for saying this, but Uh-oh. Jeff and Alyssa <laughs> have been a huge part of our life as a married couple, but also in bringing crew home to mm-hmm. us. And so um, just their amazing, generous hearts and generous financially as well. You know, I know that uh, when we embarked on adoption, we had really no idea how much it would cost. It was way more than we thought it was. And um, Jeff and Alyssa said, hey, when, when you guys are at that point, just let us know we want to support you. And you guys like blew us away. Um, I wish I could share how generous you guys were. Um, but uh, those of you that are listening and kind of follow Jeff and Alyssa, you know this about them. But let me just tell you, if I could tell you how generous they were, it would blow you away. Mm. Well, thank you, man. That means a lot. I started sweating a little there. So I I really, (laughs) we love that. Yeah, it was, it was an honor and we appreciate and love you guys so much. And mm -hmm. it's, yeah, there's no better use of all of our times, talents and resources than helping people, marriages and families and vice versa with how you guys have been to us. And just, yeah, that's the kingdom of God. So it's a huge blessing, but let's start there then. So I would say, let's go back to tell us a little bit of your guys' story. Marriage, like you said, 13 years, and then kind of that journey towards infertility, which, um, is uh, I think you guys have walked so faithfully and beautifully and talked about that that's one of the main reasons we wanted you to ha- have come on is we have so many, man, that's an email we get constantly. That's a DM we get constantly. And I just think you guys can be such a voice and encouragement. But yeah, so kind of just give us that maybe the early years of marriage and what that story was. Yeah, it is something that is so, so common and I feel like talked about more mm-hmm. so, but still not really. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, and I would say, so much of this is hindsight, um, and a lot of it is, you know, the last through the last year we've walked through uh, some counseling, which has kind of helped us make sense of things that, mm-hmm. um, you know, feel someone in the past, but it's all tied together. So, um, you know, when we got married, um, we sort of had like the three to five year plan. I think that can be common, mm-hmm. you know, as far as let's get, you know, our travel out and, you know, get to know each other as a married couple and, you know, and then we'll start about building a family and doing all things and looking back I would have thought through things differently and all of that but we don't you know get that um, privilege uh, the way that we live life so um, but yeah so when we started to you know try to have kids it wasn't working Um, and then it just became longer that it wasn't working and you know to really not go into the details of that we don't really know why Um, and we still don't have biological um, children, we just have the one adopted little girl who is amazing. But, um, you know, I don't think we really dealt with it at the time. Hmm, what do you mean by that? I mean that when we were going through it, uh, you know, I think it was something that was really hard on me because mm-hmm. I think it's hard on women where we carry it, you know, maybe in a different way, maybe more than men. And that's an assumption. Yeah. Um, but, you know. And I think lives, our lives were busy, and uh, it was also a hard thing to talk about. Um, so I don't know. We just sort of didn't really ever deal with it, if that makes mm. sense. Um, and I really don't even think we dealt with it until this year, to be honest with mm. you. Um, and I, I sometimes get uncomfortable when people say we faithfully walked to this road, because sometimes to me it feels like we didn't. Um, mm. And, and that's not being hard on us or anything. And, and it's not that we, you know, lost hope. And we, I think, did our best to, to lean into Christ and, you know, all of those things. But there were a lot of times it felt like we were just sort of avoiding avoiding mm-hmm. it all and, and not really actually dealing with um, 
pain and actually even I would go in farther to say the root of where a lot of the hurt came from um, and we can I'll talk a little bit more about that if you want I wanted to see if you wanted to add anything yeah I think um, you know it's definitely something that guys don't get together and talk about you know I think it's um, right. and but but it's hard because you know I grew up and obviously as a guy you want like your family heritage to kind of be passed on or at least that's what like, what culture tells you and wrestling with and even though we didn't really talk about it but that was always kind of a pressure and the reality was for us i mean sex became like work because that was like the end kind of right. lost like that passion and i think for both of us um became just something that was 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 heart, was like kind of the desire of a heart which was really was family and i think she's right in that we didn't deal with it in the moment because it was just like, you know, like, like everything else in life, just like work harder, pl- you know, do it and yeah. mm-hmm. you'll be rewarded for it. And that just didn't happen. And looking back, it's, you know, obviously we have crew now as our own and, you know, God had a, a perfect plan, but, you know, for five or six years, um, that did not seem like reality to us. At all. What I'd ask one follow up there then, what would you say? What would you say then, and thanks for being honest about it. I think that's fascinating. I've never really heard people be that honest with kind of like, hey, we probably could have maybe walked through it better or we could have maybe, you know, walked through it in a different way or looking back, we learned something or dealt with it more. If you could go back, what would you say you would have done different or kind of like, how did you, yeah, what do you wish you would have done to deal with it back then? And what do you think that would have kind of done for you or what was kind of the fruit of not dealing with that, I guess? Yeah. Um, that's a loaded question. Um. <laughs> it is? Are you sure? I don't know. There's a little. Here's, we can phrase it a different way if you want. I, I think. Can, yeah, you well, I'm just wondering, could you have done it differently? Like, is there That's some I mean. aspect say, where yeah. when you're going through something so difficult, I don't know, like. Yeah. It, it, sometimes you just have to kind of sit with it like that. Yeah, and you guys were you so know? obedient that I. that's why I think. That's what faithfulness is. You guys were still leaning into Christ, still leaning into Jesus, and it, it is your story. And yeah, but what would you say to kind of that nuance of it? Yeah, I would say I um, I actually wasn't really planning on going here, but I think it would be um, not good stewardship of our story, and I think we're in a good place. And I didn't even really talk to Chad about really talking about this, but um, I think we knew what we knew back then, and we were doing the best we could back then to go to go through mm-hmm. it, you know, the way that we were. Um, underlying all of that and i can talk about this now because you know just to let you know like we have been in counseling for the last um year and we've also dealt with this in community um close community with people uh, including our counselor and our friends so there were definitely underlying things um for me personally um i had a pretty traumatic incident happen after college that i didn't tell anybody about for until this year um that definitely affected um it affected me deeply in a lot of ways first of all i think i'm trying to figure out how to say this in a good way because i've actually never said this publicly but um my sort of baseline in life has always been shame Mm -hmm. and so then when something happens to you you know that causes like a compounding amount of shame on you and then when you keep it a secret And then for me, the ways that I dealt with it were like my own shame, right? So I guess I felt like my lot in life, to be honest with you, for a while was that I didn't deserve to have kids, Mm -hmm. but I never would have verbalized that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think looking back, 
you know, I was trying to do the best I could to sort of like insert hope into a situation that nobody fully knew about. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I was sort of carrying all of the shame and at the same time just felt like I didn't deserve even to be a mom because of all of these things that were happening that nobody really knew about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were doing the best we could and Chad was doing the best he could with me, but he didn't fully know what I was walking through either. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we really didn't uncover all of that until honestly this year. Um, so it just feels like a, a miss to talk about what felt like so long ago when we know so much more now. Mm-hmm. So I think when you're walking through your life, like you're doing the best you can and then you start to know more and yeah. then you mm-hmm. do the best you can with that. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think that's good. Yeah. Do you want to add anything or say anything? No, I, no, I don't. I mean, <laughs> I, well, I think what I, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Cause I think, yeah, I think I'm actually glad you said that. Cause I feel like that's the, that's the, once you start really going layers deeper and all of us are complex creatures defined by certain things, different kind of backgrounds and uh, incidents and issues and all of that. Um, but that's the stuff like you just mentioned that it, you have, we all have to do the hard work in our own way to kind of swim into that, that thickness of that to find true healing that that then will affect things that you don't feel like are actually connected, but they are, or just like, there's kind of like a rippling effect in your life. Right. Um, and I think it's like, yeah, that those, they're all kind of interwoven, interconnected. Um, I think me and you have talked about this before, but Kurt Thompson's soul of shame, is it soul of shame? Right. We love that book. We've, we talk about shame on this podcast. You can go Brene Brown for sure. But, uh, I actually think Kurt and specifically him from his angle is very, man, what his message, what he's talking about is so rich and powerful and has had a profound impact on us and our story. And those who are at if gathering, he spoke right before I did. And that's actually, um, kind of where I got to talk to him and even hear from him more. His stuff's incredible. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of this week's sponsors and that is Noom. You guys know, we've talked about Noom before. We love Noom. And the thing I love about him specifically is that I don't have to go hunting for a bunch of different training apps and workout apps and uh, meal plans. This has it all in one place. It's one program uh, that I can kind of concentrate and use to kind of better myself uh, in the health and fitness categories. I absolutely love it. The cool part is it just offers better self-care. You um, gives you more energy. It gives you tailored custom plans that feel like you have an absolute personal trainer with you. I love it too, because it also is a habit changing solution that helps you learn to develop new relationships with food and fitness and other things that are very, very personalized. Um, it's not a diet. It's a healthy and easy stick, uh, easy to stick to way of life. And I love it because it's based on cognitive behavioral approach. So stuff that's actually right and makes sense and has science to back it up. It's the best. It's awesome guys. So we want to hook you guys up. So you don't have to change it all in one day. You can just start with small steps and you can start making a big progress. That's how I have when I get up early and work out. So you sign up for your free trial today at noom, N O O M.com slash real life. Again, that's noom.com slash real life to start your free trial. Yeah, Chad, you talk about what is, what is, what would, how how do you feel about what Julie just said and just kind of how, how does it walking through that as a father, as a husband, um, and all that stuff? Yeah. Um, you know, I think looking back and in the moment, you know, obviously, as she just said, you don't really have kind of visibility into this, but I mean, one of the reasons why she didn't, you know, this is kind of more getting into some of our marriage stuff is that, 
I was so driven in my career and driven by success and um, really kind of like just didn't have, didn't really create a safe place for her to really share that shame, that hurt. And so what she did, she just like stuffed it deeper. And I was kind of just doing my own thing or, you know, like on the outside, people didn't see that, but like in, you know, in, in our house, that's what was coming across and how she was perceiving is that, you know, I'm out there, you know, being successful and my, you know, kind of climbing the ladder, whatever you want to, you want to say. And that's kind of where I poured my energy into rather than pouring the energy into like really understanding her, her hurt, her emotion. And, you know, at the layer, at the, at the center of it, yes. Like we believed that God was and like, I mean, we had people pray over us. I mean, there were so many like stories of, you know, Hey, you're going to have um, kids and, you know, like prophesying what the future is going to look like and believing that and still believe that too. You know, mm-hmm. so it's not like it was like total dark days. I think yeah. in this season of kind of going through uprooting what we've done in the last year, it's, it kind of is hard not to talk that, like not to say that, hey, it was peachy keen and we were just like reading the word every day and believing, you know, like um, while there were times of that, the reality was I think me as a husband, it was easier for me to pursue success and kind of numb that feeling or that like despair of not, you know, being able to get pregnant and then doing what I just felt was normal for myself versus like, leaning into her and giving her a safe place to kind of talk. That's so good. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that's even something I feel like we're even going through right now of like it, the husband's it's very, yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but I just feel like it takes, I feel like the key that is magically needs to be unlocked for a marriage to flourish is for the husband to just lean fully into the wife's hurt and pain and how she centers her like feeling or whatever you know how would you say that because yeah it's like it's so easy whether it's work or whether it is to just be like oh man this is very difficult to lean into this i'm going to come over here where there's more of a feedback loop that just kind of makes me feel better or is softer or makes me more numb or just makes me feel better um than leaning and i don't think every husband's wife like is like that but i do think that's a common almost the main way that the emotional kind of dynamic plays out and i know it's true for us that that's been you know that i have to really that we're not doing well if i can't lean in there if i'm not if i'm kind of checking out or if i'm it's like and that's on me and i think that's man that's hard i don't know would you add anything to that or what they said yeah i mean i think i think it's so true i think it's so common that so many men go to their job because it's like immediate fruit or success or it's a lot easier to grasp than family and your wife but even like even if you have an awesome even if you're like pouring into your family, like in our season, I feel like it can be easy to pour into the kids more than like my, I'm going to understand my wife and what she's going through. Yeah. And sometimes I struggle because I'm like, I don't even, I can't even like express what I'm going through. Like I just know I've, I've this is how I feel. To hear. <laughs> and <laughs> so it's really hard. So then it makes him feel very, um, helpless because he's like I well if you I'm don't know what you need out, then I don't to fix it and then she doesn't so then that's yeah. just recipe for <laughs> <laughs> so I emailed him last week and so I'm like I did probe, that help <laughs> yeah I probe to understand but then the probing makes her feel very like I'm barbing her with like yeah. wires you know sure. no, no, yeah, that, that's just you guys no one else is like that exactly exactly so hey I will say tri- in a foreign language here so. yeah right yeah you're like yeah yeah I don't understand you guys or have empathy at all for you guys is what you're saying no one trick to anyone who's listening and this has just unlocked our 
communication. Well, we're still working on is it. Is that but... there's been a couple times where we've been in this <clears throat> roadblock and she's emailed me. And I don't know what it is about that, but that has actually radically changed our life where like it just gives me some space. It lets me read it. She has to actually think about it first because you have to have something to actually say. Like, I don't know, man. That one just... It's just, it's not just like, here's how I'm feeling while we're in the middle of a conversation. It's like, I'm reading it and we have hours before we'll see each other again. So it gives me, I don't know that we've done that like three or four times with serious moments. And it has just been amazing. I feel like it just <laughs> is like, I, I read, I'm like, yes. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. And, and then it's just, I'm not defensive. You're not defensive. So anyone out there, just email your spouse, take advantage of the 21st century. Um, it's so true. I've sent some emails. Yeah. Said, it's yeah. like, it's something. Oh, well, something our mentors were they saying. They do it. And it's um, just like, why? Well, yeah. Her, her dad passed away like a couple years ago mm -hmm. and so she really grieved through that and so he just had her write a letter to him like once a week they had like a sending yeah, time just yeah. to like process her grief and so it was easier to work through than yeah just yeah ha one, thing, tip right there. one thing you actually i think i don't know a few months ago you had did a post on this or maybe insta story but about how the wife is is a little more in tune with kind yeah. of the the connection between the husband and the wife totally. and that a lot of times as a husband, you get defensive immediately when they say, Oh, I'm feel disconnected. And you're like, why? And like, totally stopping mm -hmm. like, well, feel that way. It's probably accurate. And what's actually been playing out and that yeah. your the wife is going to be typically more in tune with that than the husband. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like the husbands don't like to hear this, but the, the, yeah, Alyssa would start kind of, you know, saying, Oh, I feel like we're not connected or we don't talk anymore. Or, we need a date night. And I'd get like pissed. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> now it's like, you just have to flip that switch. You have to flip that switch of like, okay, she is actually like, she's in more of an expert. Not all, not all women are like this. Not all wives are like this, but in general, a lot of women are more intuitive, are in, in more emotive and are more sensitive to just like, it's a skill actually. And I think it's actually a high end skill that they've cultivated and have and are gifted with that then is actually, you should tap into that and be like, Oh, let me listen. Let me pay attention. If you're saying we're not connected, then if, if we wait till I say that four months from now, then that's going to be real bad. So I'm going to let listen yeah. to you first. So, <laughs> um, so going back to your guys's story, um, so I totally, so what happened that made it feel like, okay, this is a safe place. I can share now with Chad what I'm feeling, the fears I have, those kind of things. Yeah, I would say, unfortunately, desperation. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I to back up of like, um, you know, I, I, so I think many, so many of, I'll just speak for myself, um, what I was bumping up against, and I was trying with all, all the might that I had within me to trust Jesus with my pain. Mm -hmm. But there was something in me that didn't, right? So you have to, like, at some point, believe it enough to actually trust him with your pain. Mm -hmm. And, and that means being able to trust your spouse and, you know, your community and, um, you know, people around you, but, um, desperation really, but I would say that, uh, you know, when we were going through the process of adoption in some way we had to say, and, you know, um, if we were going to adopt a boy or a girl, at least I felt like we had a say in it. And I wanted a mm -hmm. boy because I just thought I could control a boy's actions. I can make a boy not do bad things to a girl <laughs> or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like a really crazy train of thought. And it terrified mm -hmm. me to raise a girl, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. um, but as he does, God knew exactly what he was doing. And he gave us a girl. But I think just between having a girl and having a child in general, and I would mm -hmm. even add to it having children later in life, at a point when I hadn't quite made sense of my own story, um, accelerated the need to um, to really get some things figured out. Uh, 
you know, and I got to some kind of dark places because I just really, um, I was terrified I was going to ruin her. Mm. And I knew what I was carrying and I knew I couldn't anymore. It was desperation, really. Mm. Um, but, you know, sometimes those are good things. Like those are, are okay places because it obviously got us to um, a place where we could share really openly about not only that, but a lot of things that had been bottled up inside for 13 years. Mm. Well, what I'm hearing you say, um, which I actually totally agree with, and I feel like is a power in the magic of how God set up families and generations to work, is that kids can almost be a healing agent in a in the generational story if you let it there's obviously ways where children can be idols in some sense there's a, you know ways that children and family and all that can be difficult you know there's every ways that can play out but there is one way i think it can actually play out where not putting pressure on the kids but like god can use the the, the dynamic of bringing you into parenthood as like an incredible healing agent for your story. And I feel like that's just so radically true through the roof for us. I think for one level, just absolutely eradicating a level of selfishness that you didn't even know you had until you have the kid. Um, and then also just like actually like a healing in the dark parts of your heart because it makes you deal with, I would say the same thing that you said that I felt of like, especially when you kind of come from certain backgrounds and, you know, had a sing. I was raised by a single mom. My mom was amazing, but because of that, some other things around that were more just single moms. She was working crazy hard. So was, that's there, that comes with its own kind of traumatic experiences that are difficult and unnatural. And yeah, so then you kind of, uh, you, yeah, when you have a kid, it kind of makes you get really like hyper, almost like controlling. And like, I want to make sure not that they stay safe, you know? And then that question kind of brings you down a path of really going introspective of like, oh, I, why, why? And what am I scared of? And what's the fear? And what am I afraid of? And you know, all that type of stuff. So I just think that's something that's not talked about a lot is that kids can actually be that. I think God actually set it up like that. I think that is this weird, magical, beautiful part about families is that like, it kind of really is meant to do something to the image bearingness of ourselves uh, and creating us more into the image of Jesus if we let it. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of this week's sponsors, and that is Brooklyn. You guys know we love Brooklyn and the best sheets in the world. As I like to say, if you do the math, you spend a third of your life in your bed and in your sheets. Why not make it ones that are awesome? Brooklyn and does exactly that. They've been named the winner of the best online category by Good Housekeeping years in a row. 35,000 plus five-star reviews. I love it because they were founded by a husband and wife couple who wanted to kind of make five-star luxury quality sheets more affordable and easy to order. So they did that exact thing. They don't just feel great, but they look great too. Um, so we want to hook you guys up. They're the best. They're the most comfortable ones you can get. So they're giving you guys an exclusive offer. So you can get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code REAL at brooklinen.com. And they're so confident in their product and all their sheets and comforters and towels that it comes with a lifetime warranty. So the only way to get 10% off your first order and free shipping is use the promo code real at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com promo code real. What would you add to that or say? Or ask them? Oh, no. No, I just wanted to hear more of their story. Oh, okay. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> so now bring us into crew adoption. Talk about that. Where You know, you, you, she's two and a half, right? Two and a half. Yeah. So what's what was that story like? Well, I think... Um, you know, so she mentioned kind of we were on the plan three to five years and um, then when we started having kids, it was a it was a five year journey of really, um, you know, trying to figure out what was going on. And then, um, 
wrestling with, okay, at one point, Julie was like ready to adopt and then I wasn't ready, you know, and then I was ready and then she wasn't. So there was some kind of really needed to be on the same page. And then when we jumped into being on the same page to kind of pursue adoption, um, you know, we ended up going through, do you want to pick up the story here? Do you want me to? Oh, no, you're doing good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Marriage storytelling right there. (laughs) (laughs) So we ended up, uh, when we decided to move forward, um, ended up finding, talking to a bunch of families here in Nashville and adoption's kind of a hotbed here for for whatever reason. Um, And so, you know, you get all the recommendations of agencies and all these different things. And it was overwhelming. And honestly, we're kind of the last, the last year before we actually see adoption, it was almost overwhelmed. You know, there's so many things. There's this fear of the paperwork and how long it's going to take. And so a lot of people don't adopt um, because of the unknown of what is going to be involved. And, you know, and so information's a big piece of it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously finances are like the two big reasons why people don't adopt. Um, and so for us, we went kind of on that information hunt and, Basically, people said, hey, there's a couple of people that said, hey, you can go through an adoption um, consultant, which they work with a network of adoption agencies across the country. And so we ended up finding this faith-based consultancy in Atlanta, which were, was a godsend for us, um, faith adoption consultant. And we become really good friends with the owners there. And the, the work that they do is just incredible. Um, and Julie refers to them sometimes as faithful adoption counselors because through mm-hmm. the process, they're there. And um, we're, cool. we're a counselor for us many of the the issues along the way and so um you know we paperwork and everything took about four four months for us you can do it faster than that um and then once you're in that kind of phase of matching you're basically getting cases on you know on any given day that you could you know a birth mom could choose you once you're kind of in that um that was kind of a a crazy crazy time um do you want to at that point um, yeah, so I, it's also, you know, paperwork and, and all of those things are like, um, they're, you know, they can be, uh, roadblocks, but for me, I'm also emotional. I know big surprise, but like, it's also complicated because adoption is, is, is a result of, of, of pain from somebody else as well. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, it's not just a transaction, and I know people know that, but, uh, you know, it's still something that I think about every day, uh, that it's, it's birthed out of somebody else's, somebody else's pain. Um, but yeah, so we, um, so we were in the matching phase. It took about what, four months to, to get matched with crew. And, you know, that was part of, we kept saying yes to boys, uh, mm. because in my, you know, crazy mind, I figured that, I could raise a boy. I can make a boy be a good guy. I <laughs> terrified of raising a girl. And yeah. you know, Chad referred to us, uh, me calling them counselors. I had a really um, frank talk with my consultant, Courtney, who I think is an angel walking on earth. And I basically asked her, it was about a two hour conversation, but I basically asked her, am I playing God too much in this? Mm-hmm. And she very lovingly said, I, I kind of think so, you know, <laughs> this was after walking me through a lot of, of other things. Yeah. And, you know, this is not how God always works in life by any stretch of the imagination, but literally we hung up the phone the next day uh, we were made aware of crew. We said yes to her. And then two days later we found out she was ours. Like wow. that's not always yeah. how God works at yeah. all. But that's in our case, too. you know, I, that was how it, how it happened. And uh, you know, there were so many things along the way. Um, 
I looking back, you know, when we started to piece together the story, um, she was born in November. We were at home with Chad's parents, and it was November twenty seventh, and we were leaving their home for Thanksgiving. From and Thanksgiving. From Thanksgiving, and we had told them kind of with tears in our eyes, like we were really hoping, you know, we might have a baby by Christmas, but it doesn't look like we will. And wow. we got in the car and drove home like we would any other time. In tears. In tears. Very emotional. Um, but I remember passing a scene, a really familiar scene on the way out. It was early in the morning. It was winter. It was peaceful. And I kind of remember, you know, just a sense of peace wash over me that God has got this. He's in control. Like, you yeah. be okay. Um, come to find out a few days later, she was actually born that day. Wow. wow. I don't, did we know that? No. I, guess told, I don't think you guys told us that. I don't think so. Maybe not. That's um, but crazy. There's, there's a lot of details like that um, that, you know, mm. are just only God and miraculous in a lot of ways. And um, yeah, so we found out she was ours and we're on a plane uh, the next day to, to go night. pick her up that night. Yeah. Wow. That night. Yeah. yeah, I got a call at noon, you know, work wise, I was shutting my agency down and coming to work full time with Michael. I remember it was December 1st, which actually is also funny. December 1st is the date that we got engaged back, wow. you know. 15 years ago um and it was the night of the christmas party i got a call at noon they called me and um i was able to come home and surprise julie that she was going to be a mom and that we had to jump on a plane to head to phoenix and um that we would get to see her see crew the following morning and so uh it was uh it was a roller coaster for sure you know obviously that doesn't happen all the time with adoption you know they call it stork drop in the sense that we learn about the baby the baby's already born and you know the adoption obviously happened Asked. A lot of times the match happens in the third trimester and you build a relationship with the mom, but just our situation did not go that way. Um, and it, you know, God knew kind of our personality, like, a lot like Jeff, just go, you know, like, let's do it fast. <laughs> that was just uh, God knew that right. do it. And so um, I remember even driving out, um, you know, Elevation Worship Song, Do It Again was actually like a kind of a, oh, a, elevation. a anthem of our of our season the whole adoption season and literally as it came on we had just picked up in and out in the car um driving to the to the house to pick up here for the first time and we both wow. just like looked at each other he's seeing the song and just like kind of weeping thinking about like, wow our life's gonna change um and we, we look back now and see that first picture we put in the car seat and we had no idea what the heck we were doing. <laughs> you know, like when you go to the hospital, they like walk you through all this stuff. No, we went to this, uh, I already know what they call it, a respite care. Uh, no, it was. But I, basically a family, she was uh, discharged from the hospital. So a family watched her until we were able to come. Yeah. So we go into this family's house and their kids come and give us hugs. We never even met them. Someone's, wow. you know, one of their kids is playing Jesus Loves You on the piano as we walk in. And, uh, <laughs> it's like surreal. And this lady just hands crew over to Julie and wow. kind of gets the story and says, hey, this is how she's feeding. And, and then we drove home. See you later. Crazy. Oh I feel like the bravery. The, the, I mean, I knew that part of the story, but thinking about it again, hearing you guys say it, like, I feel like that takes bravery. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, just because, like, what you said, that's so fast, immediate, like, life changing within seconds rather than this gradual nine month process or whatever. Like, that's well, I mean, you courageous. had been preparing for so long, but then to not know who. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, here she is. It's yeah. a girl. And this is where she lives. And uh, <laughs> yeah, figure it out. 
In some ways, it's like a blessing to not know. I don't know. It's Mm -hmm. like, here you go. Like, I don't know. You don't know. Like, we didn't know anything. So you just. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. At least for me, it's like, yeah, it takes away the ability for anxiousness or fear to Mm -hmm. come in because there's no time. (laughs) I think um, one question I would ask would be fun. And then if you hop in with any questions you have, do you have one right now? I do, but go ahead. No, go. So we're gonna have a question off. Like, who goes first? <laughs> well, no, you go first because mine can be a conclusion. Okay. Conclusion. Well, mine's kind of a conclusion question too. Okay, here we do. We'll both say them and then they get a pick. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here. So my question that that would be really good. We're so great at interviewing. Yeah, yeah. This is why we call it the real life podcast. Um, I was gonna ask uh, that whole thirteen year journey, and obviously this was a fast, you know, thirty thousand foot sweep. But how would you guys say? Um, how was God good to you in that 13 years? If you look at it in one book, like one story, the whole thing with its ups and downs and its different chapters, how do you feel like God was good to you in it? Well, the one word that it's easy to come to this conclusion now, always hard in the moment, but it's the word faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that there are so many things back in, you know, and this is something that I've learned in working closely with Michael Hyatt, is, you know, if you're alive here on this earth right now, um, your track record of getting through hard things is 100%. <laughs> That's true. You know, That's true. Our, our, our track record and God's track record of getting us to this moment, it may not be the exact way we thought it would happen or the exact way that we wanted it to happen, but it's exactly how it's meant to be, 100%. Um, That's good. And looking back, it's always hard in the moment, but, there, you know, there's... If, you, if we plotted our life over the last 13 years, on the, there's a whiteboard back here, um, there may be 200 different points that we could probably go back and like have a, a, a moment for. And you could go back now in 13 years and the word faithful would go by each and every one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we didn't feel that in the moment. Um, and I don't think any of us do, you know? Uh, but like, how come we don't, Knowing when we look back, how come when stuff is hard in the moment, we don't just stop and say, God, you're faithful, and how that changes things. Mm. I love that. That's really good. That. Would you say anything, Julie? Um, that's really good. I would probably say, um, I'd probably say grace. I feel like, you know, I think I'm just painfully aware of how much I need Jesus and his, like, his grace is sufficient for you. His power is made perfect in your weakness. And I think, I don't say that to mean, you know, we are, we're all undeserving of anything good we get in this life. And I don't say that as a, as a, a ho-hum, woe is me. I say that as like, thank you, God, for your grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and grace of getting us through hard times, grace of just being here today, grace and just, you know, the everyday grit of parenting and marriage and, um I try to look at life through that lens of like, it's all grace, every mm-hmm. single bit of it. Um, you know, uh, yeah. That's so good. That's so true. So it always yeah. comes back to that. So, so good. What were you going to ask? So I guess the last question is um, for anyone who is struggling with infertility or considering adoption, what would you guys encourage them with? Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, or a cousin of that would be what didn't work or what did people tell you that you really should think people should not say. <laughs> That's always good There's too. There's a lot of those. I, I also am, am hard to offend though. I think people are doing the best they can. Totally. And I actually yeah. love that you said that. That's so true. Yeah, they really are. Um, you know, if you're going through that or any, any struggle, like 
um, I guess specifically infertility, because that was ours, you know, part of our story, or just facing something that you don't think that God can handle and that you don't think people, other people that love you, your your husband, your friends, your loved ones, your close community group of people, like, A, God can handle it. That's like the most obvious answer in the world. But B, you are, you, at least in my story, when I have let people in on, on hard parts, um, that I've been deathly afraid of letting them in on. I've experienced the greatest amount of, of love and support. Mm. So I think just letting people know really like where you're at at a, at a very honest level mm-hmm. and letting them love you and accept you and help you through that. Um, because I just don't know where I would be without the people in my life, uh, um, you know, at this point. So and, you know, as far as adoption goes, it's a lonely, so many, so many of the things we go through, they feel really lonely, right? Because we know we're not the only people that have ever gone through infertility or yeah. you name it, fill in the blank. We know that in our minds, we're not the only people that have gone through this or are going through this. But at the same time, it's specific to you and the way that you, um, the way your background has been, the way you're dealing with it now, the, the support that you have around you. So in a way it feels lonely because nobody else feels exactly what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, good point but it's just so much better to let people yeah. let people in yeah and i would just say adoption is a beautiful thing um you know adoption is the story of the gospel you know we're all adopted into mm-hmm. the kingdom as daughters and and sons and you know, there, there is something in culture and how we were raised, you know, we're a little bit older than you. Um, but uh, <laughs> our parents, it's the, the, the natural feeling right now in our culture is to, you know, and this is like a, a thing you don't really say in adoption world is to have our own kids, you know, but that's mm-hmm. the thing that culture has put on us, put on us. Yeah. Um, to a degree. And the reality is, is that there is a massive need not just internationally, but domestically for adoption. And there's a lot more resources and information than ever before. When we sought out this, we had no idea that there were like organizations like Faithful Adoption Consultants, um, is that I would just say, hey, like start doing research um, and don't be afraid of adoption. There's, there's a lot of different ways that you can go. Um, and there's a massive need in our country, you know, and I'm not we just never had the heart for international adoption as we've done the research and just seeing um, how messed up our foster care system is in our country and just the, you know, just the problem that's at hand. And I'm not trying to fear anyone into doing this, but I think there's a, there's a beauty in it and there's a massive need in our country for it and um, seek out information. You know, faithful adoption consultants is a great place to start. You know, they, great at just giving you baseline information and helping you understand and even process your story to know if you're at a place that it makes sense. Um, and there's just a, there's so many different ways to grow your family and to build your family. And um, I mean, we're big proponents of adoption. And at the end of the day, when you really think about our relationship with the Lord and the way that the kingdom has been built is, is, is adoption. And it's a beautiful thing to think about. I love that. And I think that's such a perfect reminder 
to end on too, even with the element of realizing that there's so much that our job as kingdom citizens is to lean into the brokenness of the world, whether that's brokenness of systems, whether that's brokenness of past decisions of certain families and marriages, um, and to bring shalom, to bring peace, to bring healing, to bring restoration and adoption, foster care. There's so many different options on how Christians, specifically followers of Jesus, I think can lean into those. So I love, love, love that you said that. Um, yeah, let's just wrap up with... Uh, well, one thing I was going to say too is, or yeah, let, let, let's wrap up with this. I know, I don't know, Julie, if you're blogging anymore, if that blog's live and Instagram, basically like if people do want to go find you or just kind of, um, you know, just kind of, they appreciate your guys' story. Is there somewhere they can go? Or you can be totally honest and be like, nah, I'm staying on private. Don't, don't at me, <laughs> but just let, let the people know both you guys. Yeah. I mean, I'm mostly on, I guess, Instagram. I'm not on anything really as much as I used to be. And I'm not yeah. blogging currently. I am uh, in the middle of working on a book. Ooh. I'm so excited. But not just in the middle. I mean, she's pretty far along. It's pretty impressive. Sweet. Sweet. That's gonna be legit. But so Julie K. Cannon is my Instagram. and Julie, the letter K. Yes. It's not and the live will... photo anymore? Man, I've, we've been around for a while. We're the OG followers. <laughs> I know you are the OG and I appreciate that. Um, no, it's... I <laughs> Just to make sure you guys are hearing her. So J-U-L-I-E-K-C-A-N-N-O-N. And then Chad, what about and, you? Oh, can I just say yeah. one? And also, um, Julie, you're one of my favorite people. I mean, you're one of my favorite people, but one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. Yeah, you use and it really I've been well. wanting you to write a book since I've known you. You guys, what she writes is just so encouraging. Mm-hmm. I feel like as a mom, you, you just portray such a beautiful heart that... Um, this generation needs to hear from motherhood and hope. And so I really encourage you guys to look her up on Instagram because it's so encouraging. Yeah. Chad, you got anything else to add there? Yeah. She's a way better follow than me. Um, my Instagram <laughs> handle is ccannon21. Um, but all I do is like post marketing stuff and some, some <laughs> cute photos that she's taken of crew and they're already probably on her Instagram. And I have sports fans <laughs> on Twitter. Um, at C Cannon, but I don't even do that anymore. So I'm kind of just over social media, but you know, that's, that's what happens when you're a marketing sensei genius like you. It's kind of like how Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs don't like let their kids use, use iPads. Cause they're like, you know, it's like, you're, you're like that. It's like, you're, you're ahead of the curve and we'll probably, hopefully I'll be there in 10 years. Yeah, I hope so. But, I think we'll have a better society if that's the case. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Hey, well, we love you guys Thanks this, so much for doing this interview. This was an absolute treat. It mm-hmm. went crazy fast. I think it was like 45, 50 minutes. It felt like five minutes and I felt like we scratched the surface. So maybe we'll have you back on for like a Joe Rogan style seven hour podcast <laughs> where we can just talk for absolutely ever. And you know, yeah. So no, we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. And thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. What an honor. We love you guys. Yep.